Hey up podcasters, it's me Clive Holland from the Clive Holland Show on Fix Radio. Now I would love you to tune in and catch me doing my thing Monday through Thursday from midday till 3pm on the planet's only radio station for builders, Fix Radio. On this week's packed podcast, I was busy once again highlighting National Apprenticeship Week and how we can make the trade more welcoming in general with day two's focus on attracting more women with two of Screwfix's highly esteemed apprentices. Upgrading your business to a retrofit arm and how it can be done with Callum Harrison from the Retrofit Academy was on this week's agenda. On-site Olympics took to the podium as many different trades laid their claim for gold. All in all then, another packed, blooming podcast. Enjoy. This is the Clive Holland Show on Fix Radio. Fix Radio. Today, we're celebrating apprentices during National Apprenticeship Week, while also asking what can we do to get more young people interested in our industry. Joining us on the line now is someone who may be able to help us and has helped us in the past uh, with how we sort of do that. You know, it's, it's not the easiest thing in the world, but this lady is out there to do the best she can for our industry. It's Deborah Madden, Engagement Director for CITB. First of all, thank you for joining us. Uh, what are the statistics around apprentice uptake over the last year or so? Is it a good uptake or bad? It's been a very positive uptake. And, and we, we were, were looking to, to get the stats up to pre-pandemic levels. And actually, the numbers for 21-22, which is the last year we have data for, were over 37,000 starts, which represented about a 30% increase um, and a 15% increase on, on 2018, so pre, pre-pandemic. Um, and that was seen across all nations, all regions, uh, which which is brilliant. Um, in the next 12 months, we're likely to see a dip in starts, which is is unfortunate, but it's reflective of the the current conditions. Um, so so yeah, a great increase last year, not so great this year potentially. So what do you think the barriers are, for instance, for taking on apprentices? Uh, because we've got so many people out there with fantastic skills to be able to pass on. Uh, but if they can't afford to take on an apprentice, you know, are there yeah. ways around that? And, and, and finance finance is always going to be the biggest one for a, for a, a, a small trader or, a, you know, a micro company. But actually, there's, there's so much support out there. Training an apprentice in terms of getting their training done is free of charge. It's funded for very small companies. And there's grants available um, from CITB, generous grants available. Um, but it's it's tough you know it's not easy to take on an apprentice micro companies don't tend to have admin staff who support them and citb can take some of that pain away for them they can work with them and support them to, to help get the apprentice on on program there's a lot of paperwork there's a lot of navigating the system and, and while it's a fairly simple system in terms of government systems it's still complicated for people who are who are trying to make a living essentially so i think that's the biggest barrier Finally, what can we do in our industry and associated trades where construction is concerned to attract 
more people absolutely and, and we need to make our industry more attractive and there is no age barrier to apprenticeships there isn't although they do tend to be younger but get involved with national apprenticeship week it's, it's not too late um, use the gov.uk website for apprenticeships there's a toolkit on there from, from the smallest company down up to the largest and young people love to have a go um, so th- there's lots of things our industry can do just talk to us we can put you in touch with the right people or we can arrange it for you uh, that's Deborah Madden, uh, Engagement Director for CITB. And if you do want to know more, as I say, just go to their website. You're listening to Clive Holland on Fix Radio, the Builder's Station. Clive Holland on Fix Radio. We're celebrating apprentices in our industry at the start of National Apprenticeship Week. Uh, joining us on the line now is the creme de la creme of apprentices. So much so, he was Screwfix's 2022 Apprentice of the Year for his excellent carpentry work. His name is Alex Avis. Your route into the tools was an unusual one uh, with uh, going to uni and planning to go to Australia as well uh, before becoming a chippy. Tell us about your journey and why you chose the art of carpentry. Yeah, so um, I'd, um, I'd been to university. I'd, I'd kind of the classic route of, you know, um, going to school, going to university. And um, yeah, I, I was working in office, nine to five wasn't really enjoying it i wasn't getting much reward out of it um so my initial plan was to um you know i guess take some time out and go to australia and then lo and behold covid came um which kind of put a stop to those plans as it did for many people um and then you know just um you know being at home during lockdown uh, my brother and i just we were just kind of keeping ourselves busy and sort of being practical and um, building stuff at home and then we decided to embark on um building a pub shed like a lot of people did during lockdown and i just kind of fell in love with the with the art of building and, and particularly um carpentry and then so i thought you know I, you know i really enjoy work with my hands and being practical and um, an opportunity came up through a family friend who he, he was a he had a um owned a small building company in nottingham and um he was looking for someone to come on board i was looking to get into the trade you try it out and then um yeah so i started working with him and went from there really so is there anything that particularly you'll carry forward that you've learned since you've joined the uh, construction company don't don't be afraid to ask stupid questions um would, would, would be would be the thing that i've learned the most because you know coming you know particularly with um sort of my history i've never really done anything you know practical or, or building related before so i was starting very much at zero and you have to ask these stupid questions to to learn and to to improve and i think um you know to have to have the confidence to do that makes you a better trade than me because you only ask a stupid question once and once you've got the answer you know how to do it it's it's there in the locker and you know that that applies to um general life as well yeah indeed i mean you'd have thought you know a bird's mouth belonged to the robin that sat on your shovel uh well, exactly but, yeah but of course you know uh it's not now then finally how glad are you that you chose a career in the trade not just a career a carpentry is an absolute art yeah i mean i'm 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 super glad because you know i think particularly i think i think with with a lot of jobs you don't really see kind of the end result you're kind of always you always work there's always something going on but you never really kind of see the end result but you know working in the trade and um in carpentry in particular um, you know, you you get to go from 
you know nothing bare bones to, to having to building something creating something so yeah that that's that's what i love most about it and yeah yeah super glad i, I chose this trade well we're super glad you chose it as well Screwfix 2022 apprentice of the year well done you alex avis there top tradesperson he's going to become you know that for sure don't you Fix Radio. Bish, bash, bosh. Uh, we're still celebrating the apprentices of our industry during National Apprenticeship Week. And today we are placing the spotlight firmly on why there are so few women willing to take up apprenticeship training in our industry. Uh, joining us on the line now is definitely a, a woman who who is going to rise. Her star is just going to rise so high. I know it. I can feel it. Uh, a top sparky who joined our industry and is smashing it. She is Screwfix Apprentice of the Year finalist for 2021. It's Holly Overfield. Uh, now then, uh, tell us about your route into the industry because when it comes to um, women, girls at school, they never really get this opportunity from teachers, etc., pointed in the direction of our industry. So how did that come about for you? Well, I was in school and I loved design technology. I had a very inclusive teacher at the time and um, he treated all of us girls exactly like the lads so we had no different it was no different treatment at all and i probably got into dt like i loved it and the fact he encouraged it was just like it, it just encouraged me more and then funny enough he went on to say about doing um, an apprenticeship with me and then um, he said about this local company that i currently work for now that they had an apprenticeship scheme and i went for it and i got it so then if it wasn't for him encouraging me, I would never have gone where I am today. I tell you what, Holly, we've got to name him. We've got to name him because yeah. there's, there's so few, you know, in this country that would do that. I, you know, things have got to change because we've got to educate the educators, but it seems like he is a top geezer. Give him a name yeah. check. Oh, his name's Mark Williams and he used to work um he used to work in the school that I went to and honestly I wish every DT teacher could be like him. I couldn't I couldn't sing his praises anymore. What do you think? Uh, how we can how can we go about attracting more women into our industry? How can we can we make it more attractive? Can we make it more welcoming? What needs to be done, do you think? it's going to take its time like with anything. It's never going to happen overnight. I think I'm um, just encouraging like what what with me with schools and everything like that from a young age showing that it is inclusive and showing that oh you can you can do it and like have women that are in the trade go into schools and show that like encourage women that be like yeah you can do it don't be so scared it's not just a stereotypical man's job which it is at the moment sadly in 2023 is still classed as that and I've been doing it for five years and I, I've only ever seen like one or two other women in the trade and I'm in college with one other woman and she is amazing. She is smashing it and it's so lovely to see that even though it's only two of us, it's still we're trying to encourage other people and with the trade apprentice, this has helped me to try and put my name out there to show that to one or two little girls or something can do it if they want to. You're a leading light, uh, along with the the other women in our industry, Holly. That's for sure. And you know, we need to attract more. Uh, we, you know, we need to attract apprentices. Full stop. You yeah. know, but we certainly yeah. need to attract more women. That's for sure. You're going to be an absolute star of uh, the the electrical world for sure. Installations. Thank you for sparing the time, Holly. That's the brilliant Holly Overfield there. Um, and as I say, an absolute leading light. We need more women in our industry, but we do need more apprentices. Full stop. 
The Clive Holland Show on Fix Radio. You're listening to Clive Holland on Fix Radio. And today we're celebrating apprentices in our industry, particularly focusing on women. Uh, now, a couple of weeks ago, I caught up with the princess plasterer herself and started out by asking her, what can we do to get more women interested and involved in our industry? Um, I think it's definitely a lot to do with schools. Like, as you said, the building trade is portrayed as something that only dumb people get into. They can't, they're not clever enough to go to university or, and they just like, oh yeah, just, you'll just be a tradesperson then. But actually like from experience and stuff, it's not it's not for dumb people you actually have to you know be quite clued up you know i'm i passed all my exams and stuff and i wanted to do this because i wanted to do it not because i couldn't do anything else because i didn't have the brains for it but schools don't just don't promote it enough colleges don't promote it enough like you know advertisements with workwear it's all about men um as well like with apprenticeships as well when i done my apprenticeship it was a case of and my mates who who were guys um they finished their apprenticeship and then it was a case of oh my wages are going up now and now I'm qualified they don't want to employ me anymore I've got to find someone else to work with so I think wages is a huge thing as well apprenticeship wage is not ideal I don't know if it's gone up now but when when I was when I was doing my apprenticeship I think boys at college were getting like 150 a week which isn't a huge amount you've got to be living at home for that yeah and, and it's not and I think I think people are looking at it I want this job, I want to trade, but I can't afford to live off £150 a week. I'm, so what was I? I was just turning 18 in college. I want to go out with my friends. I want to learn to drive. I, I can't I can't afford to You want a that. life yeah. outside of your job. You, you've got to go through these hardships to begin with, um, and we understand that, to get to where you are. You know, you're not going to be on money that, you know, people more experienced are on, but... I think it just doesn't it doesn't invite people no. like I, I was living at home well, I still am living at home so the money wasn't an issue for me I, I wanted to do that I wanted to trade I know I knew eventually what I will will be earning and I think that's probably one of the main roles that people don't look at it like oh but you're only going to be earning that yeah but you need to look at the bigger picture in a few years time when I'm on my feet and I'm established I'm going to be earning probably more than most of the people at school with all their A-levels and stuff are Fix Radio, made for the trade. You're listening to Clive Holland on the Clive Holland Show on Fix Radio. Today we're looking at retrofitting in our industry and whether or not it's worth retraining to retrofit. The government are putting a big push on this. Uh, joining us on the line now is one of Fix Radio's very own and a man whose industry certainly will be affected by changes on the horizon. It's the presenter of the Plumbing and Heating Show who all has actually got a unique way of keeping his trousers up. He calls it the Cam Belt. It's our very own Andy Cam. Uh, thanks, first of all, for taking the time to join us. I know you're sitting in a freezing cold van as well. Now, how do you see your industry, right, being affected by change in the long term? I guess I'm thinking this, that gas boilers by 2025 won't be installed in new properties, uh, and also by 2035, won't even be manufactured. Now, that's not to say they're not going to manufacture parts. They are, so don't worry about that. But how do you see that affecting you, and how do you see you being able to adapt? Um, I think that the, the, the obviously the 2025 is written in stone, and that's not a problem. But the problem we've got is that, obviously, everybody's got a gas boilers fitted in. They've all got combination boilers now. Most people, I'd say probably 80% of the properties, so we all used to just, if you're going to change your boiler over, if it breaks or something like that, if you've got a viable alternative, which is obviously air source heat pump, 
but air source heat pump doesn't work in every property. So the problem we've got is give us a viable alternative and then get rid of the gas boilers. Um, and I can't see it being for 30 years uh, at the least. Now, retrofitting it into um, existing property stock, like you said, I mean, we've got terrace houses that were built over 100 years ago and there's no cavity in the wall. They're not insulated properly. They've got drafty old single glazed windows. Um, which all endear themselves really badly to air source heat pumps. So, I mean, you know, we were all on about the people that glue themselves to the road because they want everything insulated. Well, in the real world, we should realistically be insulating our properties before we start putting air source heat pumps into them. So, you know, there's so much that's going on at the minute where it's hand to mouth and it's just not working. Now, in your case, Andy, right, I guess you've already looked at retrofit options. Um do you think it's actually worth waiting for a better solution than air source heat pumps? And do you think well, there is, what is one? What is there? You know, what is that? I mean, the greatest, with the greatest respect for everybody out there, air source heat pumps do work. Now, what we really need to do in our industry is get it so that it's right, bang on from the day one. So we need somebody who will design all the system. They'll go and have a look at the property. They'll design a system for that property. Then you probably need the install installer like us, we don't want to be working all that out. We've got enough on installing. If we're talking like, you know, let's say we've got a five kilowatt air source heat pump, we can't then decide to turn the radiators up and, and get 20 kilowatts out of that no. uh, same air. You know, you can't turn it up. That's it. It's done. So you've got <laughs> yeah. to work. To, it's, it's extreme. You can't just think, oh, I'll put a radiator in there and we can, but if it's not hot enough, we just turn heating up. You know, it's, uh, it's not like that. It's just not like that at all. It's interesting, this is, and it's, it's something that will rage on and rage on for a long old time i have to say uh but listen andy uh, before you go tell us a little bit about the show that's on today after this show um oh, it's three till four tell us what you're talking about today what we're talking about today is national apprentice week so we've got yeah. a few guys on there who are training apprentices and we're going to talk um, a few of the stories that happened to us when we were apprentices and obviously things that we've done to apprentices so yeah it's apprentice week this week brilliant uh, just tell us again what time it's on it's on at three o'clock and if you miss it at three o'clock you can download it as a podcast and if you can't download it as a podcast you can listen to it at 10 o'clock tonight so fill your boots you can listen to it at three ten podcast the whole shebang do it that's Andy Cow. don't forget uh, that show is on today the heating and plumbing show is on today uh, between three and four and as he says you can catch it again tonight at 10 or of course uh, on the you can download the podcast too live holland on fix radio we're talking retrofit and the opportunities it may bring for members of our industry uh joining us on the line now is a man who gambled on the retrofit option and he's doing very well thank you it's callum harrison the head of learning for the retrofit academy uh now you started out in our trade of course and still are obviously in the trade um was switching up to retrofit an easy transition for you or was there problems uh, no, it kind of goes in hand in hand with air construction. So I started in construction about 20 plus years ago. And over those years, I've gone from being in the trade through to education and training. Um, so having numerous different jobs from being on the tools through to training people on how to use the tools um, going forward. So I, I kind of moved between roles until I moved to a, a national homeless charity. And that's where it really highlighted to me what retrofit was. I didn't really understand what retrofit was, even though I was kind of doing it as a tradesperson and teaching it, but the terminology wasn't kind of common knowledge to me. So um, so when I moved to this homeless charity and seeing the UK housing stock and how poor the conditions some of these homeless people were were living in, it kind of it kind of really hit home to me what retrofit was and really, really started or sparked my interest in retrofit. And from there, 
it's kind of it's kind of spiraled now. Kind of if I can do something that makes a real impact and and kind of my children are proud of me and they can they can see that we fit that mission statement. It's really really proud to be part of that. Now, were there financial constraints on retraining to get into retrofitting for you, or or did you find that there was plenty of um, plenty on offer to help? We are fortunate at the academy to have some of the most respected and highly knowledgeable retrofit academy uh, retrofit specialists, sorry, people in the industry, and you know we can lean on them, and they're there to guide us through through shaping our courses and you know the knowledge that we need to give over to the learners. It kind of comes from them. So technically, for myself, there was no real retraining. It's kind of all embedded through construction, but just learning the nitty and gritty about what retrofit is, um, and also we are, we know that there's you know. A limited knowledge of retrofit at the minute so we offer lots of free resources on our website that people can go start their journey of retrofit without having to commit any costs so now you head up the retrofit academy what are you doing to encourage people to get into retrofitting and where can they find out more okay so if we've got members now in our industry that are thinking do you know what i fancy it i'm putting an extra string on the bow what can they do so, so our mission is to train and develop over 2,000 competent retrofitters by 2030. And we understand that there are mainly barriers between that number and actually achieving that. So <clears throat> some of those barriers sorry, are training, awareness of retrofit and job opportunities. So we're trying to address them by working with, like I mentioned earlier, the funded bodies <clears throat> to ensure that we have funding available to you know cut the cost of our courses because obviously at the minute the cost of anything is there uh, rising so if we can make our courses cheaper or free uh, that's a that's a way we're doing it we're currently working with some of the biggest employers in the in the country to identify the skills gaps uh, and then from that we're creating a careers hub which is available later this year where employers can advertise those jobs and graduates and people new to the industry can start applying for those opportunities um, and overall it's important to remember there's, there's 27 million homes that need to be retrofitted by you know in the next 25 years and this can only achieve by collaboration sharing best practice the academy at the academy we feel we're doing this by the things i've kind of just mentioned but it's, it's a big challenge so we're open to new ideas and, and, and forever changing yeah. the way that we work um, and as a, all this information can be found on our website Brilliant. Uh, look, according to government stats, we've got 28 million homes that need it. Uh, but listen, Callum, thank you so much for sparing the time. That's Callum Harrison there, the head of learning for the Retrofit Academy. And if you're interested in getting any uh, training, uh, I'm sure if you go to their website, you'll find lots and lots of information. Fix Radio. Bish, bash, bosh. You're listening to Clive Holland on Fix Radio. And today we're asking, if there was an on-site Olympics held, say, every four years... And we want to know what part of your everyday tasks you'd be most likely to grab gold in. Now, joining us on the line right now is a man who will surely fancy himself for a few golds. He's the Maidstone roofer, Dennis Richardson. Now then, I know you're a busy man, so uh, I'll just, I'm just going to ask you this. What would, if there was an on-site Olympics, right, what would be your go-to skill that you would thrash everybody else at? Oh, it would definitely be something that involves balance. Uh, so, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> balance, yeah, yeah. Roof, roofers, you, you have to have, have a good bit of balance. Um, so, or, or gymnastics, you know, we've got to be quite agile. So, it's, uh, you know, a lot of moving about. Lot of, I, I would say cartwheels, but we don't do that on the roof. No, general, you wouldn't but... want to do that but balance no. is very good so so yeah so you could be on the balance beam i'm getting that but if it was one yeah. of your if it was one of your roofing skills say you like 
lead up stands or lead valleys or stuff like that you were that was a super skill of yours um in the in the actual roofing olympics if you like oh well, what would be your yeah. standout my standout would be my slate hips probably so that would be my my thing that i would do that i would thrash everybody at because nobody knows how i do it <laughs> yeah it's a thing of beauty uh, um, yeah, I, I absolutely 100% agree when you're looking at uh, at uh, you know those, those sort of uh, hips are just they just look so gorgeous it's a shame it's not you know seen so often these days particularly in slate or even Staffordshire Blues or something like that it's a fantastic thing to see um, in yes. general then do you think roofers would come out on top with the most golds 100% because obviously it's everything on the roof is visual not not putting any other trades down but everything that when when you when you look at a house immediately your eyes drawn to a roof or the front of the house and i think that would uh, bring us out on top because you know it, it, if something looks nice if the house looks nice it's usually down to the the roof looking nice. <laughs> yeah, <I don't, laughs> i'm being so biased because yeah I'm a yeah forget the brickwork brickies forget, forget the render the it's, it's the roof that counts and when you think about it it's the roof that counts isn't it if you've got a bad one you're in trouble uh mate well, listen we true. do realize you're yeah. busy it's a bit tongue-in-cheek on a thursday uh but listen we really appreciate you taking the time dennis to have a chat with us uh where are you today what are you up to? I'm in Maidstone and I'm just uh, rerunning a hip. Good luck with that. And uh, th- as, again, yeah. I've got to say thank you for sparing the time for us, Dennis. <laughs> That's Dennis Richardson there, the Maidstone roofer. He thinks roofers would come out on top. The Clive Holland Show on Fix Radio. We want to know what part of working in the trade would most likely get you standing on the podium if you entered an on-site Olympics. Uh, Join us on the line right now is a man who will surely fancy his chances. I'll tell you that now. It's our good friend Dan from the Job and Knock podcast and you scribe jig. Mate, look, okay, so imagine this, right? I know it's far-fetched, but it's Thursday. Um, Imagine that it's the Olympics, right, for uh, the construction industry. What would you win gold in? Scribing. (laughs) Scribing in carpentry is basically cutting anything to fit anything. That's mainly mainly what we do as joiners. We're cutting things to fit things all the time. And scribing is them little tricky parts that uh, take up the tops of cupboards or your skirting boards or your architraves to walls. It just depends on what you're scribing. But there's a few great tools for that, Clive, and one of them might be you scribe, <laughs> yeah, mate. I tell you what, I've done. I've, I've, I've done loads of freehand scribing, right? Whether it was skirtings or whatever, and I tell you what, it's a pain in the backside. That makes the life so much easier. I've got to tell you. Uh, so, do you think, in your opinion, that joiners therefore would come out on top and win most golds in the in the construction industry Olympic Games? Yes, across the board. We're technically, I know. It's difficult to say this because it's hard to, to burden sometimes being, you know, top of the food chain, godlike geniuses that cut wood. But if we were Olympians, we would be 100 meter Usain Bolt type quality, you know, fast, you know, reliable, consistent, you know, it's just, it's just gold or it's nothing. Everybody would be in your wake. Uh, Dan, always great talking to you, my friend. Uh, whereabouts are you today and what are you up to, apart from the fact I've interrupted your journey? It's either a high four or a high six. To, I'm in a little bit of a strange part of Cheadle, 
in Staffordshire. Uh, <laughs> don't say much to the folks around there and you'll be fine. You know, get your head down, get your job done and get out as quick as you can. I love it, mate. Hey, listen, Dan, always great talking to you, my friend. That's Dan there from the Job and Knock podcast and you scribe jig. And if you do like scribing, you know, it's a great tool, by the way. You can find it on, on uh, most of the socials, that's for sure. Fix Radio, made for the trade. Tar so very much for listening to my podcast. It means the world to me, you know. I hope you enjoyed it and picked up some excellent info from my brilliant guests and fellow colleagues of our industry. Remember, you can listen to me Monday through Thursday, 12 noon till 3pm on DAB via the Fix Radio app and at fixradio.co.uk. Oh yeah, ask your smart speaker to play Fix Radio and come join the fun all day every day on the only radio station for the construction industry, which is Fix Radio. Well, that's it from me for now. If I don't see you through the week, I'll see you through the hole in my Olympic leotard. Ta-ra! This is the Clive Holland Show on Fix Radio. Fix Radio.